In today's episode, we're going to drill into where to find inspiration and how to manage and visualize it. Inspiration for makes can come in many forms, such as fashion trends and high fashion, brands we like and follow, real life shops, influencers, social media, films and TV shows, events, both in real life and fantastical ones, the changing seasons, fabrics we love, applying new skills, filling necessary gaps in our wardrobe, filling aspirations gaps in our wardrobe, accommodating life and body changes, experimenting or referencing historical fashion. Hello and welcome to Threaded Together, a podcast that stitches together home sewing and high fashion. We're your hosts. I'm Tracy. I'm Rebecca. And in today's episode, we will be discussing where we get inspiration for what we make. This is our fourth episode for Threaded Together, and we are so excited to have you. And we're thrilled to have you back listening to us again. And of course, don't forget to find us on social media at Threaded Together Podcast, where you can see what we're working on and keep up with us between podcasts. Just give us a follow. Well, Tracy, I know that it has been spring edging towards summer for a few weeks Mm -hmm. now, but it feels like it just finally stopped raining and all of a sudden got warm here in Germany. What has it been like for you in London? Well, I don't know about warm, but it certainly feels like we have finally seen the end to a very long cold wet winter i've even worn some of my spring summer wardrobe that's great and i have as well but i have been so ready for the seasons to change I'm a fan of rotating my wardrobe, stashing things away that aren't in season when the weather changes. I find it helps me to keep everything fresh in my closet and helps give me a moment to edit at the beginning and the end of each season to make sure my wardrobe is full of things I absolutely love. Do you do anything like that, Tracy? Well, I vacuum pack away my biggest jumpers after winter and my very summery holiday outfits when I'm done holidaying. But I do find a big portion of my wardrobe, my best worn outfits are dresses that I can layer in the winter and wear on their own in the summer. So when you rotate your wardrobe like that, do you find it makes you want to review your wardrobe? Absolutely. I always try to reorganize everything each season and try everything on so that I can find if I have any gaps in pieces or items that need altering. It's a great time to get some inspiration for what to make next, which actually brings us to our main topic. But first... Well, we're really excited to talk about inspiration for our makes. But before we get into that, what have you been working on in the last month? I know you were working on something very special. I was, Tracy. I made a Met Gala inspired outfit. That was such a fun project. A quick Mm -hmm. refresher from our last episode. I decided to make a look that could, in theory, be worn to the Met Gala inspired by the influence of Karl Lagerfeld. Unfortunately, I was not invited to the Met Gala this year, but you know. This year. Maybe next year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Usually every year after the Met Gala, there are creators on the internet that remake a lot of the Met Gala looks using different materials. And it's a really fun trend. But I decided to preempt that and make my own design. My first bit of inspiration was the event, of course, the Met Gala. But I also referenced some of Lagerfeld's work for Chanel uh, for some creative inspiration. I own the Catwalk Collection books for a few designers. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you have any of those, Tracy. No. Um, But it's 
a series that has a volume for major fashion houses that catalogs all of their runway collections over the years. So there's mm. an amazing Vivian Westwood one. Um, I have the Chanel, Dior, uh, just to name a few. They're a little bit expensive, about like 60 euros. But if you love a specific designer, it's amazing to see all of the collections and the evolution across the different designers over the years. That's superb. So when I heard Lagerfeld was the inspiration for the Met Gala, I wanted to design and make something that had kind of my design ethos, but also referenced some of the things that I loved uh, that he did at Chanel. And in the 90s, uh, Karl Lagerfeld played around with the proportion around the waist a lot. And actually, mm -hmm. the first dress I ever made was a reference to one of the 1990 Chanel pieces with a kind of a double skirt. So it was a second skirt over the top of the dress that was a mm -hmm. dropped waist. Um, and for my design for this use case, I made a boned crochet fingerless glove that stayed up on its own, which was really fun, mm -hmm. um, as well as a hood that I embellished with silk organza flowers, continuing mm -hmm. my silk organza obsession. <laughs> um, and the main piece was a hand quilted wide leg jumpsuit out of a dead stock metallic tweed and it has pockets at the front that hit lower on the body and stand out from the garment giving it a bit of a waist illusion while the rest of the trousers fit tightly around the waist and billows out into a really wide leg. Wow, that's a lot of information. But I love that example of so many different elements coming together to inspire you to create that look. Thanks, Tracy. It's a helpful introduction as well to the concept that your inspiration doesn't need to just come from one place. Indeed, it does not. So let's start discussing that, how we get inspiration for all of our makes. First off, let's start with why we're doing this episode, Tracy. You and I have called it a fluffy topic, which I love. <laughs> it sounds soft and cozy, but really it's the motivator behind why we do what we do. It really is. The idea for this specific episode came from the fact that the last month, our work in progress pieces were both inspired by events, one real and one imaginary that we had coming up. I'm going to Ascot this summer and there's a strict dress code and it's a great excuse to dress up and wear a hat. And I wanted to make a dress to wear. What stood out to me during the process of your ideation of that dress, Tracy, was that you shared an image of a blogger wearing a dress. You had your gorgeous silks and of course you had a clear picture of what you wanted. Those to me are the most exciting makes, but that real life inspiration isn't always there. And without it, it can be challenging to get started with new projects or decide what to tackle next. Agreed. Inspiration is important. It can help you visualize, refine and define your ideas. Absolutely. So we're going to start with what fashion magazines and social media would dictate we should take our inspiration from, whether or not we agree with that. That's right. While inspiration really is everywhere, we're going to start with fashion trends. Ah, yes. The trend cycle. We love to hate it, don't we, Tracy? Well, I think it's good for some things, isn't it? Such as inspiration. That's an excellent argument. My philosophy has always been that when we're trying to build a wardrobe that fits our personal style, trends should be something that we engage with because they really feel like us and they help us to express who we are. Not something that we do because social pressure says we should be doing it and should be wearing it. I love that. And it's so true. I think that when you sew your own garments you begin to have a different appreciation of the value of clothing, the time and money and skill you have invested into it. 
And so when I make things, I want them to be something I can wear again and again because they are to my style and not something that I'll look at in a year and think, oh, that's no longer trendy. That's an excellent point, Tracy. And that investment of time and resources might be a big factor in not using a particular trend as inspiration if they don't Mm -hmm. suit you. So then how much do trends factor into what you are or aren't making, Tracy? And if you are, can you give us an example? Well, I think subconsciously they impact what I want to make. So for example, I keep being drawn to leopard print and I've made loads of dresses Mm. with big sleeves and gathered layers because I've seen them (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) How about you, Rebecca? Leopard print, my favorite neutral. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if a trend really speaks to me, it can absolutely influence what I make. I love the idea of finding a trend that resonates with you and then making it and being able to put your own spin on it to ensure that Mm -hmm. it's something that will stand the test of time in your wardrobe. Not to mention when you make it yourself, you're guaranteeing it's going to fit well. I also love that when something is trending, there are so many examples of it easily available to see how you might make it. And they're also more likely to be patterns available for different pieces. So an example for me would be the wide leg pant trend that's been going on or how incredibly trendy crochet pieces still are. I'm loving that and getting so much inspiration from it. Mm, That's true. But it's also true that patterns do follow the trends and those are Mm. really another source of influence. Yes. Both new patterns and vintage ones are a huge inspiration. I'm, I'm definitely inspired by patterns new and old. And as I see them come up on social media, there's one I really want to make right now, which is the Donnie shirt by Friday Pattern Company because I've already mm. seen so many cool versions and I really like their patterns. They've got the best instructions and they're always a real pleasure to, pleasure to sew. That sounds so exciting. What makes this particular shirt pattern special, Tracy? And what are the cool versions that you're discussing? I think it just looks like a really lovely shirt to sew up and a great pattern for hacking to make into dresses with drawstrings or ruffles. And sometimes when you are already set on a pattern and want inspiration on the fabric to sew it up with or which version to go with, social media can be so good for inspiration. I love looking up hashtags for patterns on Instagram to see what versions have been made. That's a fantastic way to get inspired. I know with the Roberts Wood pattern that I swear we bring up every episode. (laughs) I'm always looking at the different versions they make and what other people make and am re-inspired every time. Are there any others that you look at often, Tracy? Yes. So um, for example, I just finished making the Vogue dress um, in V9327 and searching that as a code, as a tag, returns results and you can see different versions and stylings that people have made. Um, And I think if something's on my to make list or my make again list, I'll follow the hashtag so that variations always come up in my feed. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Mm -hmm. How neat. Okay, I'm going to need to start stocking pattern codes Now, is it only for more modern patterns or vintage patterns as well, do you find? I think it's, if it's got a unique enough code, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. I'm going to have to steal that. That's a brilliant suggestion. Adding that to my list to look at after the episode. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I 
I also love looking at vintage patterns for inspiration. I know I've said that in the past, but I love looking at Etsy for vintage patterns and getting new ideas there. And now I'm going to stock the codes on social media (laughs) and get inspiration. That's brilliant. But going back to your point, Tracy, social media itself is a really good place for inspiration. Oh, definitely. Agreed. I am most definitely guilty of being influenced by influencers on social media. I love that you can follow people whose style that you like, get introduced to new brands and new style. And it can be a real inspiration for mates. Like last summer, one of the influencers I follow wore this incredible white linen dress from Reformation. And it was beautiful, Mm. elegant and really simple. And I was just so inspired by it that I made myself a beautiful white linen dress. And in the heat of the summer last last year, it was an absolute, my absolute go-to wear. That sounds chic and fabulously temperature appropriate. I love (laughs) to see a photo. We so often think that influencers and content creators can inspire us to buy things. But to your point, they can also be great inspiration for things to make as well. One of my favorite things about the people I follow on social media is that they're real individuals. They all have a unique sense of style and often a realistic figure like we do, which I love. Uh, What are your favorite things about using social media for inspiration, Tracy? I just love that you can essentially curate your own feed, which is like your own magazine of looks and stylings that resonate Mm. with you. And Tracy, who are some of your favorite influencers or content creators to follow and why? (laughs) Well, I follow lots, lots and lots. Um, My two favorite non-sewing accounts, whose style I really like, and they've introduced me to some really great brands that wouldn't be on my radar otherwise, are probably the London Chatter and Rosie Londoner. Um, but then I also follow lots of sewing influencers too. Um, but the same question to you, Rebecca. I'll, I'll jump back quickly to an earlier point of yours to answer, Tracy. I'm currently making a crochet sweater that I immediately started to make the second I saw it on uh, her handle is B Jones style on Instagram. She's a big vintage clothing wearer and her style is so unique and phenomenal. I follow a lot of content creators who, who wear a lot of vintage clothing because I find that it's just endlessly inspiring. And Mm -hmm. the other big thing for me is unique styling, which gives me inspiration for so many different things um, to make. Uh, Two women that come to mind are uh, Amanda from London Girl in NYC is absolutely iconic in the way she does her styling. Mackenzie Godso makes her own clothing. She has like single-handedly made me think about actually like wearing bloomers, which I think is pretty phenomenal. And of course, like slip into style. Um, Ellie is just an absolute style icon. So there are so many different creators that I love to follow. And we can all, we can link them all in the show notes uh, yeah. so that you can check them out if you're interested. I also love following brands on social media as well. But there's something about seeing things in person that really gets those creative juices flowing. Don't you think, Tracy? Oh, agreed. You cannot be a real life shop for seeing the latest trends, inspecting construction techniques and discovering new brands love a department store for shopping. As you can see, so many brands under one roof. Liberty is my absolutely favorite. It's incredible. It's got so many cool brands like Vampire's Wife and Farm Rio and Rixo. And you just 
can't obviously visit Liberty without stopping by their fabric <laughs> as well. It's the best of shopping. You're making me miss London. When I was in London last, of <laughs> course, I went to Liberty of London. But I also went with our friend Eves to the Simone Rocha Boutique, the Roxanda Boutique, the Elias store. It was heaven. Oh, wow. You were busy. <laughs> Indeed we were. But you can get such a better feel for fabrication in real life in a way you just can't otherwise. I remember the volume of the Roxanda pieces just felt so special when you got to see it in person and really feel the weight and drape of that fabric. Yeah. And being able to inspect the construction techniques as well is also really useful with real life shopping. So for example, mm -hmm. the dress that I'm currently working on, I couldn't quite work out how to put the zip closure on and putting it through the back or side would disrupt the flow of the top. I saw this incredible top which solved this problem with a fitted waist and a zip closure and a separate blousy elasticated top. And at a glance, it all looked connected. And Ooh. so it's really inspiring for my current make. <laughs> that sounds amazing. What was the reference top? So it was a top by Totem. Totem. And the zip was just in the waistband. It, I mean, it just looked super. And the nice thing as well is that I've looked it up online since and you can't you can't see that detail. It was brilliant though, seeing that in real life because it was a problem that was whizzing around my head. And then I was like, that's mm -hmm. the answer. That's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> Online shops are super too. I absolutely love Ned Porter and Matches Fashion because it gives you so many angles and close-ups of the fabrics. And often they have a video too, where you can see how it moves. Which oh, is that's super. a great point. Those are two of my favorite shops as well. But also because I love to see how they style things. I get so much inspiration for how the different garments are paired together. And I love to see when they mix and match between different brands. So you get to see, you know, what the original brand's image was for that garment, but then also how these different retailers style them. And I find it so inspiring. Um, Tracy, mm -hmm. what else do you get inspiration from that isn't traditional shops or social media? Well, I am terrible for watching films or TV shows and then getting completely distracted by someone's outfit and going down an internet wormhole trying to find more details on the <laughs> outfit, patterns that could work for it, fabric that could work for it. <laughs> I'm so guilty of that as well. I mean, you know, I have an entire roll of silk organza after just seeing one ruffled sleeve in a movie made out of the stuff. And I was like, I must oh have this. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and some shows are just full of outfits. I just want more details on. I've got no idea what the plot line of Glass Onion was because I was so busy just Googling <laughs> all of Kate Hudson's outfits. <laughs> mm. And the same, the same with Inventing Anna. I just I was just googling all the uh, all the costumes. Um, the fold line do a, a, um, a blog post called "Find That Pattern," and they cover off some of the shows with the most like coveted dresses, like Marvelous and Mrs. Maisel and Daisy Jones and the Six, and they recommend patterns that would work for some of the best um, dresses in in the shows. I'm going to need to look up that website. ASAP. That sounds phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I love watching TV shows and movies for fashion references because I think they also can show the power of clothing for character development, which also kind of demonstrates the power of wardrobe choices to express your unique self as well. Agreed. I've loved following Succession Fashion on Instagram as the series mm -hmm. of Succession has progressed from the ludicrously capacious 
bag through to the sunglasses. <laughs> They've done an excellent job of tracking down the pieces and the costs. And it just adds more depth to the character when you understand the choices made by the costume department. Oh, that's amazing. I have to admit, I have looked into their costume design as well, especially the Naomi Pierce character in Succession and her mm-hmm. Proenza schooler filled wardrobe. It's so incredible, especially the most recent season. No spoilers, but she just looks so chic and I love everything. Mm-hmm. And there was another show a little while ago, The Queen's Gambit, where they actually Mm. had a virtual exhibition of some of the outfits from that. And there was a virtual exhibition as well for The Crown. Um, And I just wish every single show did that. But we'll link that in show notes because it was just incredible. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That sounds amazing. Um, Another thing that I was watching that's not quite as a traditional of a reference is a sci-fi movie called Tenant. It's on Netflix. And while the movie was set in the future, the clothing was fairly current. However, without giving away any spoilers, the costume designer used fabrications and techniques that are not really used in real life to indicate, let's say, that characters were out of place. And I had so much fun watching it and guessing... Not only guessing the significance of the choices, but I, I also found the imagination that went into those choices was so interesting, especially in kind of some of their men's tailoring choices and made some notes to try out some of those techniques in my future makes. Oh, now I have to go and watch that movie and um, also make some notes. <laughs> it's a good one. Now, I have to ask Tracy, how do you feel about period pieces for inspiration? I'm thinking of the phenomenon of Bridgerton and the Regency wear resurgence that seemed to happen afterwards. Do you watch Bridgerton? And if so, do you find that inspiring? I have watched Bridgerton, but I can't say that I've directly taken inspiration from it for the dresses that I want to make. But I guess maybe if I had a good ball to attend... Yes, we all need a good ball to attend. (laughs) Which brings us to events, and we love a good event. So, Tracy, why don't you tell us about the most recent event that's been motivating your mix lately? (laughs) Well, I'm still working through my twirl on that, which is my ascot dress, as I mentioned earlier. But I promise I'll share more on that in the next episode. Um, But events definitely motivate your makes, whether it's a special birthday dress or a black tie event or a wedding, they can really make you want to step step up the makes. Absolutely. So one of my most laboured over dresses was for my birthday a couple of years ago, several twirls to get the perfect fit, a black viscous jacquard, princess seam bodice, gourd skirt, water hem, fully lined. I think it was like like 42 pieces in total. And then COVID scuppered my plans and I had to cancel my party. (laughs) Oh no. But have you gotten a chance to wear it yet? I have worn it. party for you. You. Okay. <laughs> Just that dress. It sounds so incredible. <laughs> yeah, it did get an outing. It wasn't quite the grand outing that I wanted for it, but <laughs> it's been worn. You talked earlier about how the Met Gala inspired your make. What other events inspire you, Rebecca? Well, I'm a bit of a homebody, but I love a vacation as an inspiration because it's an opportunity to kind of tackle function, the climate, but also a bit of fantasy building up a backstory behind an outfit. Ooh, and have you made in things specifically for a holiday that you can share? 
So, yeah. So last year, my husband and I did an Alps driving tour in the middle of July, which ended up being during a heat wave. So I needed something comfortable for me to sit in for a long period of time, but also sweat absorbent and fashionable, which sounds like Mm a whole lot of (laughs) conflicting requirements. Um, But the solution was a 1940s step in lingerie inspired piece made out of upcycled vintage hand towels. So it looked Mm. a little bit like a romper but had full bus support and was again made out of towels so it felt amazing on a hot summer day that sounds amazing definitely the comfortable solution to a road trip in a heat wave one day i'll make myself a swimsuit ahead of holiday that's that's the plan <laughs> oh that's always on my list as well but yet to happen <laughs> but changing seasons are definitely a point of inspiration rebecca how do you find the seasons change um how they how do they influence what you're inspired to make let's see so i'm very temperature and comfort driven <laughs> in what I make. So I'm always trying to make the perfect wardrobe of summer rompers and winter jumpsuits that are bright and colorful, just all in one, one and done every year. <laughs> and what about you, Tracy? <laughs> well, seasons absolutely inspire me. Um, but in the winter months, I just want to be snuggly and warm and I'm drawn to making jogging bottoms and hooded tops and coats, lots and lots of coats, some may say. <laughs> Well, probably my husband, too many coats. But then when the sun shines, I just want flowing dresses. Something else that I know we both find inspiring is just beautiful fabric or textile. Yes, sometimes a fabric just speaks to you and calls out to be made into something. This is something I really try not to be swayed by because there will (laughs) always be the right fabric when you want to make something. But sometimes there's a fabric that's too good, too beautiful, and you just have to let it drive what you make rather than the other way around. So true. I'm very easily swayed by textiles because I do buy a lot of like vintage blankets and things. A good example is I found a 1980s vintage sleeping bag and immediately thought it would make an incredible coat with a giant collar. And that became my Issey Miyake inspired jacket. It doesn't always work that quickly though, to your point. I have an embroidered quilt from Spain sitting on my shelf that's dying to be a Balenciaga inspired set or maybe a jumpsuit or maybe something else. I almost have too many ideas when I look at that fabric. So it's been sitting untouched for quite a while, which can become a bit of a problem. Do you have an example of anything like that, Tracy? I do. I do. I I have some Liberty silks. (laughs) (laughs) had to have, and I know what I want to make with them, but I'm, um, I'm building up to it. Rebecca, you've been blogging about fashion for a long time and also closely follow all the trends. I know it inspires your makes. Where and how and what do you follow and read? Ooh, well, I'm a bit strange in that I do try to see all of the runway shows and they happen. I remember watching style.com coverage back in high school, aging myself here. And I still Mm -hmm. try to see all of the runway coverage each season. I try to also consume as much editorial fashion as humanly possible from a creative publication standpoint. So I love reading Vogue, Dazed, pretty much anything I can get my hands on. Um, From an inspirational point of view, I always find high fashion collections inspiring kind of the broader macro trend perspective, but they don't really inspire me specifically to make things on a season by season basis. It's rare 
that I watch a runway show and think I want to make that. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I want to buy things, <laughs> but it's usually an appreciation thing more so. I do love fashion editorials and magazines more specifically for inspiration because I think it becomes a layered vision. You have the designer's vision, then you have the stylist creating the vision for the shoot, the photographer's perspective. And I think it becomes something completely different in that context. Editorial shoots inspire me so much to contemplate different garments, to find new locations to shoot, to try new makeup trends and make things. But I don't think they have to be necessarily current either. And can you give me an example of what you mean? A recent editorial that inspired you? Absolutely. I actually went digging through an old Pinterest board of mine that has all editorial imagery and found an editorial shot from July 2011 in Days Magazine, where in one image, there's a layered Comme de Garcon tool dress over this voluminous Dolce & Gabbana printed one. And that made me start to think about layering in a jacket idea that I have, different prints, shades but a really inspiring concept. And I actually hunted down the magazine on eBay. I love that editorial so much and recently bought the magazine. It was such a a hoot to look at it. But how about you, Tracy? What in high fashion inspires you? Well, I guess I'm inspired by archival high fashion. I love going to exhibitions. Um, So for example, the V&A had a Dior exhibition a few years ago. um, And I probably went to that about five times. But we shared a Um, an image of that on social media. Um, And then there's also this dress in the V&A, a Charles James dress that I keep going back to and can't possibly pass through the V&A without looking at it. And I think that (laughs) dress alone started me on my pattern cutting journey. (laughs) I have to recreate it one day. And we both watch a lot of behind the scenes couture atelier making videos, don't we? From Dior and Alexander McQueen. Absolutely. We're always sharing links to those on WhatsApp. (laughs) So I know I'm guilty of wanting to make more things than I have time or money or wardrobe space and events to attend. Absolutely. Some things just have to remain as ideas for the mood board. Yes, they do. So what do you think the best way is to capture these ideas? So my goals with inspiration is to always be able to find it again after I see it. So that means some sort of indexing or saving. So let's talk about digital first then. I guess sometimes I just screenshot things and stick them in an album on my phone so I can find that inspiration later. Um, And I probably also WhatsApp myself links to things. (laughs) Do you have any method for organizing them then? Uh, Not really. I more go back to find the picture when I want to refer to it and and use use it that way around. What about you? Mm. Yeah, I do a lot of screenshotting as well, but so much so that it gets a bit overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'll either upload them to Pinterest just to organize my thoughts if I'm working on specific uh, project or concept. But my biggest secret is that I also have an auto backup on my phone to Google Photos, which saves all of my photos and screenshots by date and allows for some very nice index searching at a later point. I tend Mm -hmm. to remember when I took a screenshot of something or some sort of reference that's searchable like blue pants. (laughs) And that's a good (laughs) reference point. But again, the best organization I find really is to make a Pinterest board. So do you use Pinterest a lot then? I think so. I'm a big pinner. 
Is, is that is that the term? <laughs> um, because then I roughly know where to look back and find those images. I also love knowing the source of the image when I'm trying to reference something to make it. So I prefer a pin to a screenshot since there's usually a URL attached to it that I can revisit. Uh, for example, I have an entire Pinterest board of old Proenza Schooler runway looks over the years. I love mm-hmm. them all, but I'm always forgetting which collection they're from. So having the links is really helpful to help me hop back in and click on it to go to like Vogue Runway where I pinned it from to see like, oh, yes, that was from this collection or this one. Oh, wow. That's a really good use of Pinterest. And what about physical cataloging or saving ideas? Do you use a physical mood board as well? I do have a physical cork board, which has some of my inspiration on it, uh, but I try to only keep active inspirational images on it, something I'm currently working on. It's really more fabric swatches and sketches of mine. What about you, Tracy? I'll tear out a magazine clipping of something that I like and I want to refer back to and I might pin it up above my sewing machine. But I often Mm -hmm. find that you can see more images and best perspectives of things online. So for example, there was this incredible jacket in an Aspinall of London advert in a Vogue magazine. And the the Mm. advert was for a handbag, but the jacket was just (laughs) incredible. And I tore it out to refer back to it, but I found so many more images of the jacket online and they are all screenshotted, saved and favorited to refer back to. So lots of ideas for finding inspiration in this episode. Tracy, if you only had three tips for finding inspiration, what would they be? So my top three tips would be Instagram. Uh, everything is there <laughs> from the brands you like, new brands and patterns you want to try out. Um, two, something should just remain as inspiration and that's okay. Embrace just being inspired. And three, be true to your style. Those are fantastic tips, Tracy. My top three would be there's no wrong way to find inspiration. So be open to everything around you. Mm-hmm. Number two, save inspiration for later. You never know when you'll want to reference that one thing you saw that one time 10 years later. So <laughs> save it so that you can go back to it. And then lastly, I would say experiment. Always be open to trying new things, even in a small way to start exploring, kind of pushing your boundaries when you find something inspiring. That's super. So what are we working on next? Tracy, I am so excited (laughs) to hear from you. On that. <laughs> well, I'm still still working on my 12 um, for my Ascot dress, but I'm kind of getting there with the Calico version, really, really close. And then I'm going to work on a wearable 12 in viscous satin so I can see Ooh. how it wears and feels and a fabric that's a bit closer to um, the silk <laughs> that I want to use. Oh, wow. And then onto the real version um, of which the deadline is fast approaching. Hmm. But I'll be able to share all the details of it and even pictures um, as long as it's not a total disaster (laughs) in our next episode. (laughs) I am so excited to see it, Tracy, and I'm sure it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. And of course, we would (laughs) love to see photos of the entire process. Um, As for me... I'm diving into some of my summertime makes. I'm going to be doing a little traveling and have another driving excursion on the horizon. And I am dead set on having a new terry cloth romper to wear this year. Very like Sean Connery and James Bond. There's this like blue terry cloth romper that he's wearing that's just 
so iconic. And that's what I will be up to in the next month. So I'm excited to make that. I tried to get my <laughs> husband to get a, to wear a matching to wear one, one as well. We're, we're <laughs> in progress. We'll see if I can finish mine in time for <laughs> and speaking of next month, our next topic is going to be... Well, we will be discussing hems, curved hems, rolled hems, pin hems, deep hems, all the hems and hemming techniques. All of the hems. And if you have any questions before our next episode about hemming, feel free to leave us a comment on social media. In the meantime, I'm Tracy. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca. And this has been the Threaded Together podcast. See you next time. See you next time. Looking forward to our next episode in a month. Make sure you give us a thumbs up on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify. You can find more details on what we discussed today in the show notes below. And for more behind the scenes and regular updates, you can find us on all social channels at Threaded Together Podcast.